skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pro's covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair. So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash justbreakup. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash justbreakup for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who is afraid she and her partner are oversharing with each other. Mm. Before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. No, we are not accredited, trained, or experts in any of this. We are just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. So please take our advice as you see fit. All right, I'm going to dive into today's letter. It's from Overshare Bear whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing to us from the woods. Hi, Sam and Sierra. This feels like a weird place to be writing you from both, but here goes. I, 30, she, her, have been dating my partner, 33, he, him, for almost a year now, and has been the best year of my life. I feel so lucky to be with someone who not only ticks every box for me, but who also wrote some little extra points to my list that I didn't know I needed and checked them too. 
The attraction is there. We have super similar life goals and direction. We make each other laugh and we communicate with the capital C. We have both been to therapy at different points in our life, have done a ton of work on ourselves before coming together. And it just feels like we're building something based on honesty and vulnerability and self-awareness. My problem is, however... That sometimes, and to be honest, it's not even that often, I get a little bit of communication fatigue. We share a lot with each other. When something the other person does triggers us or stirs something unhealed, we usually share and talk it through. Don't get me wrong. I'm so grateful to be in a relationship where we've established such great communication, particularly when in my last relationship, we may have well, we may have we may as well have been speaking different languages, but how much is too much to share? My partner struggles with pretty severe anxiety, and when I notice it come up in him, it can set me off too, so I like for us to talk about it. But at the same time, he's made it clear that he doesn't want his mental health to be a daily topic of conversation. And Mm. I know he wants to feel like he's still doing the bulk of the heavy heart work himself with me cheering him on slash providing support, and I feel the same about myself. So how do you know when you're simply having too many check-ins? How do you share what's going on in your head? the right amount I almost feel like I'm being too transparent at times an example Mm. would be last weekend he hosted a barbecue his friends came and I know some but not all of them most of the time he was attentive and checked in on me but there were a couple periods where I was alone with people I didn't really know that well and at the time I felt a little forgotten about after I communicated that I understood he had a lot in on his mind and I really liked getting to meet his friends but sometimes I felt left to fend for myself amongst people I didn't really know which makes me anxious we talked about it he seemed a little upset but totally receptive the next morning I felt a little silly I feel like I shared too soon and it felt much smaller once I slept on it. I wish I had just molded mm. over myself and realized that we were both just doing our best and not felt the need to share and make him feel like it was something that he could have done better. I guess what I want to know is how do I find the balance between sharing without relying? If we feel something come up for us, but we don't want to have to share it and talk it out, maybe because we want to work through it ourselves, how do we communicate that without actively without activating the other person's little people-pleasing, anxiously attached nervous (laughs) systems. Apologies in advance for my inability to edit down what was really a pretty simple question. How much sharing is too much sharing? But thank you so, so Mm -hmm. much for reading it anyway. Your podcast has given me and my partner so many tools, and my life has truly gotten better since JBU entered it. Thanks for all that you do. Oh, overshare Baird. Thank you so much for writing to us. Uh, And I think... Sierra and I really felt drawn to this question because I think both of us are also (laughs) trying to figure this this out in our own relationships. So uh, rather than like uh, advice, we're going to do some commiserating and some like (laughs) brainstorming about what we collectively, the three of us might want to try or what we've learned from some of our experiences in finding what I think you put perfectly around that balance of sharing without relying, right? Like, yes. How do we, how do we find a place where we can, you know, show our partners what it is to be us, what we're feeling, what we're going through without also demanding of them that they have to fix it or demanding of them in the exact moment, some sort of attention, right? And, and how do we balance the idea that we're all interdependent, that being interdependent in our relationships is beautiful and necessary and wonderful 
with the idea that we are also independent and need to be doing some of our own self-soothing, self-care to be able to not just completely rely on our partners for everything. Um, it's a very tricky, tricky place to be. So we are really appreciative that you're asking us this question and we're gonna get into some of our thoughts and brainstorms right after the break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. 
All right, my darling. As Sam said, thank you so much for asking us this great question. Um, I, too, have been thinking a lot about, you know, especially Sam and I and our personality styles and the, I don't know, the mode of a lot of our generation right now, which is to, like, be constantly on that track of self-betterment, you know? We get this, mm-hmm. I think I, I get, like, I don't know, self-help fatigue or communication (laughs) fatigue. That's really real. Yes. Like that the letter writer is writing about where it's like, man, does I find so much value in looking inward in communicating with my partner about their feelings and, you know, finding better ways and more effective tools in our partnership. And also I know for, from being with my spouse for five years now that we can't talk everything out and more importantly Mm -hmm. we we have to come up with some sort of shorthand right or or resilience in ourselves because you know we're never going to always make each other happy and on top of that that there is this very nuanced difference between asking for support having my partner see me support me affirm me, you know, which all humans deserve and asking my partner to solve my problems for me, you know, or asking my Mm. partner to fix my anxiety for me, because I think you, you know, to the letter writer, you see what happened here. Um, It's not in the moment, your big feelings, your, your immediate reactionary feelings, which we all have, those mm-hmm. feelings were saying, oh, my God, he's forgot about me. He's ignoring me. He's putting me in this really uncomfortable place. That's hurtful of him. And your and your anxiety and your insecure feelings are flashing. Your nervous system is engaged. You know, like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. he's having fun with other people. He's left me. In this, you know, it's your it's your defense system. It's your nervous system. It's your anxious attachment telling you that something's wrong and you need to go find that security elsewhere really relatable especially the feeling of being abandoned at a party i am so susceptible to feeling that and it's <laughs> it's embarrassing but i 100 percent have been in this exact conversation um i just, I just leave yeah no i just <laughs> like I'm like oh okay i'm just gonna go then <laughs> like bye <laughs> no for me it's just like i I'm way more socially anxious than I am in my intimate social groups. And so 90% of my socializing that I do is with my partner's friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't always, mm-hmm. like, if she leaves the room, I'm always like, <laughs> what? meanwhile, she's like the most social butterfly. So I'll find her in the corner of the kitchen, like talking with a brand new person she's never met about like moths or something. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, and it's triggering. It's triggering for me, even though just like you yeah. in the light of the morning, I think that wasn't what I thought it was. Like you said, it's not that he forgot about me. It's that it's it's that I was feeling insecure. And those big immediate feelings were flashing, saying, soothe me, soothe me. Something's wrong. Protect me, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it's especially in in relationships that are trying to build, um, trying to find security, trying to strike the balance between getting your partner support and not expecting them to fix what that internal work that we have to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And not over, I don't want to say over taxing, but like a couple of times I've found myself sharing something with my spouse in which at the end of it, I'm kind of like, she's doing so much mental labor to help me through something. And I realized I just needed her to be a witness. And now she has to carry this thing too. 
Um, and I think that's like an interesting dynamic. Like, I don't know, like Sam said, this is him and I just musing in response to your question, because we are, we are definitely thinking the same things. Um, I want to say one more thing too, as like a general reminder to all of us, people who have those anxious flare-ups or like where our nervous systems are engaged and we often act in that moment. This is a perfect example of how our feelings change. Literally. Mm. I was just reading something recently about how we really need to, with the clickbait world, with the immediate access world, we've lost the ability to sit in silence or check in with our deepest realist feelings, not just what's at the surface or not just what's at, you know, what our reaction is, but giving ourselves some time to figure out in the quiet of ourselves, what's really there, what's really being activated. The struggle is I often find out what that is by talking it out loud. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. You are Uh, an external processor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I, I think, Sierra made such good points around like how challenging this dynamic can be or like navigating this dynamic. Um, And I think one of the things that I am sort of, or that's like coming to mind for me is, is the idea that like this type of communication with our partners is like one tool that's available to us. Mm. Right. And it, and I think often like when we start, I'm just not going to say often, I'm going to say from my own experience, right? Like the amount of, um, relief and soothing I started to feel when I was able to share more with Peter Mm. about like what is going on for me and also like vice versa. Like it was like, Oh my God, this is so great. (laughs) Right. Like this is like this thing I've been holding. I don't have to hold it anymore. You're helping me hold it. Right. Like all of this, like, it's just like, Oh, this is such a helpful tool. Um, and then like in certain circumstances, it, doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Cause it's not designed for every situation. It's not designed for everything. Right. It's like the idea of like, yeah, for sure. When you are using a hammer to hit hammer in a nail, it's like, oh yeah, this works great. And then you like hammer in a screw and you're like, well, it kind of worked, but like yeah. not great in the way that I yeah. thought it was going to like, maybe I need something different. And I think that that's like, you know, what's, what might be coming up for you in your relationship is like, cool, we've got this tool and it's really good and we're really good at using it. And it's not, it's not made for every situation. We need yeah. different tools for different situations, right? So that it's not like, oh, every time I go to my partner and I, I talk it out and I, you know, I go through the, all of the things to get to where I need to be. But like, you know, maybe it's like, I don't want this to be an every time we talk type of thing, right? I don't want this to be a thing that happens when we're at the party, right? And when I'm trying to have fun, which is, I think, like a reasonable thing to to sort of say. So then we need to develop different tools for ourselves, which might be in certain situations, like taking a break from whatever is going on that might be triggering you, right? Like going to a different room, doing some sort of like meditation, reading a book, right? Something that might help you doing some journaling or even like talking out loud to yourself in the bathroom, right? Like that might also be helpful for some of these things. But I think the thing here that you're seeing here is that like, you've got this tool, keep using that tool. That tool is great for you. Valuable. Yep. Absolutely. Like don't throw it out just because it doesn't work in every situation, but definitely keep it. But what are some of the other things that you might use to help you in these moments of like this flare up of anxiety that don't look like just going to your partner 
because that's not the right tool for this situation. Um, and like the things that I named in this are things that I have learned to do for myself. Yeah. Right. Like sometimes it's like, okay, I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to like put my, uh, headphones in, but I'm just going to be like thinking through things, right? Like what would I want to say to Peter instead? Yeah. Right. Or it's like, sometimes it's like, oh, this is the thing that I'm going to save for therapy later, because I think having an outside objector, objective observer will be more helpful for me than like putting this on Peter. Cause I don't think it yeah. has anything to do with him. I think it has everything to do with me. Right. Yeah. Or writing things out, like just pulling up like a blank Google doc and just like start typing things just to like offer it some order so that it's not swimming in my head anymore. Right. Like, and I would encourage you to use some of those tools and others that might be helpful for you that I haven't discovered yet. Yeah. But, but I think the thing is, is to say like, how do we take that amazing hammer that you have and put it into a toolbox with screwdrivers and drills and saws and all of the different tools that can be different, can be used in different situations. Yeah. I love that. And I, I'm thinking about what I've been doing lately, and I just want to like share a peek into that journey because I, it's like it's not as like beautiful and seamless as I would want it to be. But I think that's <laughs> sure. what it will look like. Um, to be more explicit, like um, something I've been working on. Like I love I love Sam's metaphor because this is helpful. I think that maybe you were able to feel the way you felt the next morning because you had unburdened yourself because you had been shared, you know, you had shared your feelings, you had been affirmed, you know, you had worked through it together. And so like, maybe this, maybe you felt capable of letting it go because you expelled it some way. And mm -hmm. also I know, um, like I said, you know, we just celebrated our fifth anniversary and I can't always go to Willow every time I feel insecure. I can't because then I'm asking her to fix something instead of to support me. You know, mm. at some point I have to like learn how to like process those feelings myself or, or whatever. Um, so what sure. I've been trying to do is like or even just like general like annoyances, you know, Willow doesn't annoy me a lot. But like, you know, we've we our relationship is a lot of logistics right now with the baby and with long term partnership. You know, it just is the way it is. Um, and what I've been trying to do, like Sam gave his examples of going for a walk, thinking about therapy literally for me and my little anxious attachment and my nervous system that gets so flustered. I've just been practicing waiting <laughs> like literally being like this is not what you think it is or like you're yeah, gonna feel different real. in an in an hour in literally an hour you're gonna feel different or like um you know for example the other day i won't even share specifics but the other day i got flustered about something and I, it, it, it bothered me, but then like an hour later, I didn't care about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that is not to say that I'm like swallowing my, you know, authenticity or my needs. This is not to say that we don't communicate when things are hard or bad. We do. We talk uh -huh. things out way too much, but what I'm trying to flex and give to my relationship right now is a deeper sense of resiliency and endurance through the pettier, smaller things that we're going to encounter for the rest of our relationship, for the rest of our lives. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and, and to be honest, it's a gift to my relationship of my relationship's endurance. And it's a gift to myself for my own resiliency that like, 
I can see through my anxious attachment or my th see through my, you know, activated nervous system that my partner is loving and kind and supportive. And if she ever did anything that truly hurt me, I would bring it to her and I would feel safe in bringing it to her. And she would respond accordingly with respect and empathy and compassion. Like it, you know, wading through my nervous system spike has allowed me to see, to, to, to right size some of these things, to make them, mm -hmm. oh, it's mm -hmm. just that you hadn't had your coffee yet. And she was like singing a, a song too loud or I, that's not Annoying. a thing that happens. <laughs> God, it's more like she played 70, 70s disco, like way too loud, too early in the morning. That's what would happen. Um, and, you know, so it, it's, that allows what it does. I often think about um, what's the book on marriage that you recommended? You brought it up just like a couple uh, last week. The All or Nothing Marriage. Yeah, by shifting Eli the, Franken. The, shifting the perspective of like, what is this person's job in my life? What's the purpose of mm -hmm. this marriage? You know. Yep. Yep. And and it's finding the balance between this is a person I love, and this is a person who supports me, and this is a person who has built a life with me, but who isn't responsible for uh, fixing me, solving my problems, for mm -hmm. not annoying me, you know, or not, you know, <laughs> yeah. like having a, a realistic expectation of this partnership while also knowing that open, transparent communication is one of our greatest values, you know, it, mm -hmm. Yep. Also, the, the waiting trick, I know it sounds really silly, but the waiting trick allows me to discern the difference between a, a issue, you know, that I have to listen, I don't trust this, you know, or you're upsetting me here or you're disrespecting me here or whatever, or, or I don't feel affection or whatever the issue is, the, the crack in the foundation mm -hmm. with just a pebble in my shoe, right? Which is like, I'm hungry yeah. and I feel cranky that you didn't text me back or, or I feel abandoned yep. at a party, even though you were very attentive to me. You know what I mean? It, it, the waiting mm -hmm. helps me figure out the difference between the two. Yep. And I think the reality is, is that like relationships, no matter uh, how healthy they are or um, how committed each person is to figuring out how to soothe themselves and soothe each other is that there's going to be missteps in it, right? There's going to be places where we're going to need to yeah. try something different, right? So I want to, I want to relieve you of the guilt of, you know, how you felt about interrupting your partner's barbecue, right? Or like making them upset in, you know, in a time when they were trying to have fun and say like, yep, because we make mistakes, right? Yep. Absolutely. You know, we, we take out the tool and we use the tool and we're like, that was not the right tool for this situation. I'm going to have to start yeah. over. I'm going to have to patch things up or whatever it might be. And, and I want to just say that like, part of it is also the building our resiliency around like, oh, I did something wrong, right? I used the wrong tool and I should have used a different tool. Right. And, and I think, you know, that comes up for me a lot where it's like, I'm, I'm, cycling through tools and being like, this is one isn't working. This one isn't working. Uh, and, and I think that that is part of the continued commitment to managing our mental health, right? Managing our relationships is the idea that we're gonna, we're gonna mess up and that it's okay. Yeah. And that we are, we have the capacity to patch things, to try something different, to do repair if we need to. And that 
part of being in relationship with people is loving them and loving ourselves, even as we make mistakes in our earnest trying to be yes. in relationship with each other. I'm so glad you said that because I had wanted to say and then got sidetracked. It's okay for you the next morning to say, you know what? This is, I mean, I've literally mm -hmm. used the word silly before I said, I feel silly. I'm embarrassed. I feel silly. I wish I didn't, I hadn't said anything or like, you know, the other way to say it is I'm a little embarrassed at what I did last, last night because now it feels really silly. Thank you for receiving it with the graciousness and humanity that you did. Like, I'm really glad that we can move forward and we can both, um, move on from this, you know, let it go mm -hmm. and, and grow from it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Relationships are, uh, things that need tending to like gardens, like our homes, like ourselves. Um, and the work of doing that tending can be wonderful and beautiful and, uh, eye opening. And sometimes it can be frustrating or uncomfortable, or, uh, we might make a mistake in it. And, and all of that is part of the rich tapestry of what it means to be in real and right relationship with each other. I fucking love that metaphor quick before you sign off. I also love yeah. it because you know, sometimes how you can tend to a plant is to leave it the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Don't overwater it. <laughs> you can't like overwater. You can't like hover over it, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sometimes you gotta love it. Just do its thing. Yeah. Right? You just gotta you wait. Know? You gotta wait. <laughs> yeah. You gotta wait. That's right. <laughs> All right, my darling. Thanks so much for writing and trusting us with this great question. We hope it helps. Absolutely. We love you. All right. It's Friday, so it is blind date day <laughs> where we set you up with something that we love that we want to send you home with. And this week, our blind date is a hair product. Uh, oh my it God. is called, if for folks who are listening, I'm doing like the influencer thing of like holding it up with my hand behind it. Uh, it's uh, a leave-in conditioner that I started using. It's uh, by Sasha Huan, S-A-C-H-A-J-U-A-N. Um, and, uh, for folks who don't know, who haven't seen me in a while, I am in a process of growing my hair out and it is now long. Uh, it took a very long time to get here, but here we are. Um, and I've really enjoyed using this, uh, leave-in conditioner because it is really super lightweight. Um, but it also like makes, it also is like very effective and it's not super smelly. It just kind of has like a pretty neutral sort of like, um, sort of florally scent. Um, and it actually is like super effective in helping keep my hair from like frizzing out. Cause I have hair that tends to get big if it is not moisturized and that help, really helps it sort of stay down, look good. Uh, and I, uh, I'm really excited about it. And it has been That's super awesome. helpful for me in my, in my long hair journey. And I was like, I cannot recommend another book because that is all that I recommend because like really the only thing in my life right now is that I just like read a lot. Uh, so I'm trying something different <laughs> and recommending, uh, this, uh, leave-in conditioner by Sasha Juan. Love a product endorsement. Right. I feel like it's been a while since we did a product endorsement. So totally. I, I feel out of practice. I was like, how am I supposed to talk about this instead of a book or a TV show? Yeah. All right, everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you want more content from us or if you want ad-free episodes, you can support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. You'll get an additional bonus weekly episode as well as access to our episodes without ads. That's patreon.com slash just break up pod. 
You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship meme, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcast and his music. And remember, you are capable of being uncomfortable and of letting those uncomfortable feelings pass, of waiting it out to see what feelings stick around after the big flare up. And you're also perfectly entitled to sharing those hard feelings with someone you love. We need other people. We need other people's perspective and our support. Mm -hmm. That is the, the core of humanity. Striking the balance between the two, that's, that's your life's work. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>